Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you will walk in by faith and not by sight. You are never to give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is faithful to us and he will keep his promise that he will come back for us and that he will give us eternal life. But guess what, folks? We must live holy. We must, in the meantime, in between time, consecrate ourselves to God the Father, living lives of repentance, demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit, and staying out of sin. You want to know why? Yes, God is love, but He ain't playing with us. Amen. And so that is what I want to talk about today. That yes, he is love and he is patient. But guess what? Just like it was in the day of Noah, eventually the door to the ark will be shut. So before we get to it today, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you and we want you to be our king. Hallowed be thy holy name. Father, you are a righteous God and a just God. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for laying down your life for us. Thank you so much, my Lord. Father, you said over here in Nahum 1, verses 2 to 6, because over there we see, we see the other side. Because in today's churches, they only preach how you are so loving and so gracious, which we know We know that about you, but what they fail to teach the people is the wrath of God. And Father, you know how I always say on the podcast, how you ain't playing. I get it from somewhere. I get that mentality from scriptures like this. It says, the Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps and keeps wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. His way is in whirlwind and storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up all the rivers. 
Bershon and Carmel wither, the bloom of Lebanon withers, the mountains quake before him, the hills melt, the earth heaves before him, the world and all who dwell in it. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire, and the rocks are broken into pieces by him. Father, that's where I get this mindset that you ain't playing. And Psalms 711 says, God is a righteous God. I'm sorry. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Father, that opened up my eyes among the many scriptures that tells us you are a just God who demands holy living. Father, help us today to understand that, yes, you are love. The Bible tells us that. But it also tells us that you are a God, a God of wrath and justice will be done. I ask for wisdom today. I ask for clarity and discernment. May the Holy Spirit move on me, open up my mind and my spirit and my eyes to see the deep things in your word. And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. It's going to be cracking open the Bible today. Oh, yes. Because the problem with the apostate church is that they only preach on one side of God. They only want to talk about his love. They only want to talk about his grace. They only want to talk about prosperity and blessings. But no one wants to deal with the real issue. God ain't playing with us. He's not. He is, what did the scriptures just tell us? He is a vengeful God. He is a jealous God. And he is a God of wrath. Not that because he just this brutal dictator that makes us do what he wants us to do. No, this is coming out of who he is. This is part of his his divine attribute. So, the bottom line, folks, the problem is sin. And the solution is Christ Jesus. Because despite the disinterest of our secular age and many in the church, The wrath of God is a deeply biblical truth. It affirms God's righteous displeasure with sin and his just retribution upon unrepentant sinners. And that's the bottom line, folks. So we could be led astray all we want to And we can feel comfortable in our sins because at the end of the day, once saved, always saved. Listen, that false doctrine is sending many people to hell. Listen, let's put our eyes on the facts. Let's first talk about repentance. Let's talk about how repentance is a bib- a biblical word in the old testament it thunders repent and turn from all of your transgressions so that iniquity will not be your ruin and we see this in ezekiel 18:30 because what was the first message 
that Jesus preached when he started his earthly ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. And the New Testament also exhorts men and women to repent. It says, unless you repent, and this is Jesus talking, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And that's Luke 13, 3. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, said Peter, called to be an apostle. And he said that in Acts 3.19. The apostle Paul said, Now God commands all men everywhere to repent. And that's Acts 17.30. Because repentance is a decision. It means to change your mind about the way you've been living. You know, doing your own thing. Being in willful disobedience to God. Now, having been convicted by the Holy Spirit and with a contrite spirit filled with godly sorrow and remorse, you are now saying, I'm going to live to please Jesus, my Savior. I'm going to pick up my cross and deny myself and follow him. I'm going to obey God. That's the mindset, the will, and the action of someone who has truly repented of their sins. We see the word, we see the Hebrew word for repent. It means to turn around and go the other way. And that is exactly what we do. We leave sin. We leave sin. We forsake it. We turn back to God and henceforth walk in obedience to the Father. True repentance is when we see sin as God sees it. He hates it. And how does he hate it? Well, hate it. Well, let's talk about it because God sees sin as evil, rebellious, prideful, hateful, and hurtful, just among the many. So the repentant heart is the one that God can use. Peter repented. And he became a mighty rock in the structure of the church. David repented. King David. Oh, all we got to do is feed and chew on Psalms 51. If you ever want to know how to repent and cry out to the Lord, Psalms 51 is your go-to. King David repented. And his joy broke forth in the music of the Psalms. Jonah repented. And a great city heard the gospel and turned to God. Jacob repented. And God made him an ancestor of the Messiah, the Savior. Paul repented. And God used him to take the light of the gospel to a pagan world. Cynthia Smalls repented and now is being used by God in such a mighty way. Amen. Glory be to God. And you repented and God is using you, my friend, in a mighty way to spread forth and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, therefore... We must hate evil. Look, number one, we must hate evil like the Lord hates it. Because he said in Psalms 97, 10, Oh, you who love the Lord hate evil. Look, number two, every time we sin, we tell God that this sin 
fulfills me more than you do. Mm -hmm. Number three, once we repent and renounce evil, we can't keep coming to God, repenting over and over and over, but still keep on sinning? Absolutely not. Listen, you keep doing that, you will become a double-minded person. Listen, we can't be like over here in Jeremiah 34, 15 to 16, that says, Recently you repented and did what is right in my sight. Each of you proclaimed freedom for your own people. You even made a covenant before me in the house that bears my name. Verse 16. But now, <laughs> look at what the Lord is about to say. But now you have turned around and profaned my name. Each of you has taken back the male and female slaves you had set free to go where they wished you have forced them to become your slaves again. Amen. Listen, we can't keep going back and forth telling God that we repent of this sin and then you keep going back to it after you promise not to do it again, after you vowed, oh, I'm leaving that sin alone. And then here you go with the back and the forth and the back and the forth. Yeah, you will become, we will all become like a double-minded man. Amen. What is this? Number four, when we see sin the way God does, it makes it much easier to turn to Jesus in faith. You want to know why? You will have a clean conscience. It will be guilt-free. And there will be no blood on your hands. Amen. So when you put the two together, repent and believe, you, you now have a complete picture of repentance. And faith comes only after repentance. The whole message of the Bible is in this order. Repent and believe. Amen. Listen, you cannot have saving repentance unless it is accompanied by saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we must receive Christ by faith. Amen. Look, real quick. And then we are going to get to some scriptures about how God ain't playing with us. Look, real quick. Let's talk about what repentance is not. Okay? Number one, repentance is not an emotion. Number two, repentance is not penance. Penance is the voluntary suffering of punishment for sin and does not necessarily involve a change of, of character or conduct. For instance, you have a lot of, you got a lot of false religions out there that tells you that if you do this, like if you lie on a bed of spikes or throw yourself headlong on the ground doing penance or you are praying to the rosary that somehow your guilt and sin will be absolved? Absolutely not. No. Number three, repentance is not worldly sorrow because Judas was remorseful over his sin of betrayal of the Son of God, that is why he threw down at the feet of the uh, Sadducees, Pharisees, them elders and scribes who uh, paid him those dirty pieces of silver to betray Jesus. Yeah, he was remorseful, but his shallow regret led to suicide instead of to God because remorse 
is not true repentance. There must be a turning of the mind and a turning unto God. Amen. Number four, repentance is not self-condemnation. Because when you hate yourself for your sinfulness, it only opens wider the wounds of guilt and despair. Listen, we should hate our sins, but not ourselves. Listen, hate your hate your false ways, hate your vain thoughts, hate your evil passions, hate your lying, hate your covetousness, hate your greed, but don't hate yourself. Listen, self-hatred leads to self-destruction. Mm-hmm. And it is wrong to destroy that which was created in God's image. And folks, it is so sad that people have actually taken their lives behind the guilt of a sin and the shame of it all that they have committed. Listen, repentance is not self-condemnation. Number five, right, Holy Spirit. Repentance is not suicide. Killing yourself proves nothing but selfishness because we can all come to the altar of God to seek forgiveness for whatever sin. Folks, suicide is not the answer. Suicide does not make the problem go away. You are leaving behind people who love you. Whether or not you believe that, by killing yourself, you leave a gaping hole. And guess what? No one who commits murder, and that includes self-murder, will inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Number five. Then you have to ask, what is repentance? Well, repentance is not a word of weakness. Let's not get that twisted. But it is a word of power and action. It is not a self-deprecating emotion where you put yourself down, but it is a word of heroic resolve. It is an act that breaks the chains of captive sinners and sets heaven to singing. Amen. And speaking of singing, I don't know if you all can hear my, my parakeets in the background they must be singing to heaven because i hear them okay i hear them so i was going to apologize for that but no no apparently i'm taking it as they are singing to the heavens amen amen okay listen i'm gonna give you a real quick three elements in genuine repentance First, there is conviction. You must know what is right before you can know what is wrong. Number two, the second element is contrition. The Bible says the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as and save such as have a contrite spirit and we see that in psalms 34 18 we see godly sorrow as it is called in second corinthians 7 10 it is not a shallow sentiment nor this empty emotion it is contrition it is godly sorrow it is a sincere regret over past sins and it is this earnest desire 
to walk in a new path of righteousness. Amen. Third, repentance carries with it the idea of changing, changing your mind, changing your attitude, changing your ways. Listen, the Bible says, for godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. And we see this in, again, 2 Corinthians 7.10. Listen, if we are truly repentant, our will is brought into action and we will make a reversal of direction. And God, seeing that we are in earnest, gives us the gift of eternal life. Amen. Glory be to God. So, okay. What does love? Our God says, well, God has given the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross and shed his blood for our sins. God has raised Jesus from the dead. That provides the ground of our salvation. The Holy Spirit acts upon our dead souls. That is God's first step in convicting. God even helps us to repent. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We become so contrite, filled with godly sorrow over our, our sins, that we decide to change our way of living, no longer living unto unrighteousness, but now unto righteousness. Amen. The gospel. Now, brothers and sisters, let me remind you once again, this is the Amplified, of the good news of salvation, which I preach to you, which you welcomed and accepted, and on which you stand by faith. By this faith, you are saved, reborn, Reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. If you hold firmly to the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain, just superficially and without complete commitment. For I passed on to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was bodily raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve after that he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, the majority of whom are still alive, but some have fallen asleep in death. And that's 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 6. Amen. Folks, in love, our Father, has said in Ezekiel 33:11 As surely as I live says the sovereign lord I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live turn turn from your wickedness Old people of Israel, why should you die? Amen. So we see, we see, and we hear, and we know that God is love. He is compassionate. He doesn't want us to die in your sins. Amen. Listen, because <laughs> Jesus is clear about you dying in your sins. Over here in John 8, 24, he says, Therefore, 
I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Folks, this is so not a game. So, let's get to it. Yes, God is love, but he ain't playing with us. So, we can see the love of God in this scripture here. We know that God is love because of 1 John 4, verses 7 to 21. That says, because, hold on. With, thank you, Holy Spirit, with a ministry such as the one that God and our Savior has have graced me with, it's a ministry of warning. It's all about repent and stop sinning. Otherwise, we ain't going to make it. And that's the ministry he has given me to warn the people that if they don't come out of their sins, they will not inherit the kingdom of God and that when they die, they will go to hell. And that's the message to be proclaimed just like that, that you will go to hell if you don't stop it. And turn from your sins and turn to God. And that's the ministry he gave me. Okay. So we know from 1 John 4, 7, 21 that God is love. But we must never forget that he is a just and righteous God. And he commands all men everywhere to repent. Amen. So over here in 1 John 4. Starting at verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. Amen. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. Amen. He is the or originator of love, and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. By this love of God, by this, the love of God was displayed in us. In that God has sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind into the world so that we might live through him. In this, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation that is the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating meaning folks intended to make someone less angry or hostile his wrath folks Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross on our behalf placated God's anger. Through that sacrifice, it, it calmed the wrath of God down so that it is no longer being to be fallen on us. Amen. Look, in verse 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved if God so loved us in this incredible way, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. Amen. So, a little footnote for all of those books and, and CDs and DVDs and movies about how people 
have died and left their bodies and gone up to heaven and have spoken to God and God has showed them things and then God put their spirits back into their bodies and they have returned to God with this incredible story about how they saw God, they saw Jesus, they have spoken to him. Well, the Bible says, because we know Jesus is God too, it says no one has seen God at any time. So you you do the math. Okay, so write verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another with unselfish concern, God abides in us and his love, the love that is his essence abides in us and is completed and perfected in us by this we know with confident assurance that we abide in him and he in us because he has given to us his holy spirit verse 14 we who were with him in person have seen and testify as eyewitnesses that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Amen. And I'm going to stop right there. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9.27 that it is appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment. What judgment? Revelation 20 verses 11 to 15 because we can talk about how God is love and we can talk about the love of God and we can talk about how that love resides on the inside of us because we now who have been truly born again have God's Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Amen. We can talk about that all day, but nobody wants to talk about the wrath of God. No one wants to talk about the lake of fire. People want to stay in their sins and they only want you to preach on how God is love and that he loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. That quote is not anywhere in the Bible. It's not even scriptural. Okay, it is not biblical. God does not love the sinner. No, he hates he hates the workers of iniquity. Gandhi said that. Gandhi said how God loves the sinner but hates the sin and the church ran with that as if that's something God has said in his word. It is not. Psalms 5 tells us that God hates the wicked. Amen. Listen. Revelation 20 verses 11 to 15. The great white throne judgment. This is the judgment that is talked about over there in Hebrews 9 27. It says, this is John the revelator. He is saying how he saw a great white throne and him who was seated upon it from whose presence earth and earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them for this it for this heaven and earth are passing away and I saw the dead the great and the small standing before the throne and books. Books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as written in the books. That is everything done while on the earth and the sea. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death 
and Hades, the realm of the dead, surrendered the dead who were in them, and they were judged and sentenced. This is the Amplified. Every one according to their deeds. Then death and Hades, the realm of the dead, were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire, the eternal separation from God. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was hurled. He was thrown. He was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. So, what am I saying? I'm saying that workers of iniquity, aka sinners, earn a wage when they sin. Oh, yes. And what is that wage? Well, in a lot of cases, that can mean a physical death, but in Romans 6.23, it's talking about a different death. It's talking about what, thank you, Holy Spirit, it's talking about what Revelation 20, what is that verse? Verse 14 is talking about, it's talking about an eternal separation from God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ in the lake of fire. Folks, we just read it. It says, back over here in Revelation 20, 14, the last sentence, it says, talking about the lake of fire, this is the second death, the lake of fire, the eternal separation from God. And it says that if your name has not been found written, that means someone is going to be looking for it on the day of judgment. And if your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown. You will be hurled. You will be cast, probably, no doubt, kicking and screaming into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone for all of eternity. The Bible tells us that the smoke of your torment will rise day and night forever and how there will be no relief. Amen. So again, I have to ask the question. No, I beg the question. How you think that you can stay stuck in your sins and still get to go to heaven. God ain't playing with us. Amen. So, yeah. The Bible calls the lake of fire the second death. We see in Romans 6.23 for the wages. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers, is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Listen, death entered. Okay, because how in the world did all of this happen? How, when, tell us. What had happened? Well, the Bible tells us what had happened. Listen, death entered the world through Adam's one sin. And we see this in Romans 5.12. Death is God's punishment upon all who sin. Right? Romans 5.12-21 talks about this. Romans 6, 23 talks about this because God said to Adam in Genesis 2, 17, in the day that you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Amen. Well, folks, we know that God wasn't talking about a physical death 
Why? Because the Bible tells us in Genesis 5, 5, that all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Amen. So it was Adam's spirit that, um, that died that day when he disobeyed God by, by partaking of the tree he was forbidding, forbidden to eat of. Mm-hmm. And in righteous judgment, God judged Adam. And we see over here in Genesis chapter 3 at verse 22, Then God, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till, <clears throat> to till the ground from which he was taken verse 24 so he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life amen so in closing we see god's judgment throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Grab a pen, grab a paper, and write these scriptures. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that I'm about to give to you all about how God ain't playing. Yes, God is love. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, throat. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I apologize, folks. Listen, y'all got to understand the amount, the amount of work I put on this throat, okay? Between the podcast and being out in the streets now since the seasons, the, the season, the season is changing. Oh, it's windy and cold down here in Texas in the morning, so... I probably need to start really covering up my throat because I, I, I believe maybe maybe the wind is now having an effect on my throat talking so much on the podcast. I don't know. I must be wearing down these vocal cords, but glory be to God, he shall strengthen me. Amen. Amen. Okay, look, here we go. Write these scriptures down. Listen, Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and, and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Amen. So, folks, so uh, as we go through these scriptures, we are not going to see how God loves the sinner but hates the sin. Nope, to the contrary. Listen, John 3, 36. He that believeth on the Son hath, has eternal life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Amen. Romans 12, 17 to 21. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read this portion. Repent, um, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Isaiah 26, 21. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. 
Amen. Ezekiel 25, 17. And I will execute great vengeance upon them with, with, with furious rebukes. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I shall lay my vengeance upon them. Amen. Nahum 1, 2 through 6. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to read a portion. Y'all could write these down and read it in, in its entirety later. Listen, God is jealous and the Lord revenge it and the Lord revenge it and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserve wrath for his enemies. Amen. Revelation 2015, we just read it. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. Revelation 19, 11, 21 talks about how, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon it was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. Amen. Listen, write these scriptures down so that in your own quiet time with the Lord, you all can get the full expanded of what these scriptures say. Amen. Because look, Second Peter 2, 9, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. If you ever want to know what judgment day is, Revelation 20 verses 11 to 15 talks about what's going to happen on judgment day. Amen. Look, Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Amen. Folks, y'all keep wondering why I say God ain't playing. It's for scriptures like this. This is why I constantly constantly say he's not playing is because of these scriptures right here this is where i'm getting this mentality about how he's not playing from the word of god amen look romans 6 23 again for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Psalm 711. God judge the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. Amen. So that's why we know God could have never had said how he loves the sinner, how he loves the wicked. When Psalms 711 says the direct opposite. God is angry with the wicked every day. Amen. Look, Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there on that broad road, folks, which go it that way. They go the way of the wide gate, that broad path. Jesus told us that we need to go into the straight gate, that narrow path, because he tells us in that scripture that how, how few will find the narrow path. Why? Because it's hard. Jesus told us, listen, you want to come and follow me? You want to be my disciple? Well, you're going to have to pick up that cross. 
deny yourself and come and follow me. And folks, the problem is that no one wants to deny themselves. Everybody wants what? What the world has. And the Bible tells us what is all in the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. It tells us tells us that these things don't come from God. It comes from this world. Amen. Look. Psalm 75, 8. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup. And the wine is red, it is full of mixture, and he pour it out the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. Yes, God got a cup of wrath. And when that is poured out, woe be to the unrepented sinner. May they repent. Glory be to God. Listen, and God ain't playing with the church either. Listen, we shall never, we shall not take his grace as a license to sin. You want to know why? Hebrews 10, 26, all the way to 31. I'm going to read it in part. For it, for if we sin willfully after that, we had received the knowledge of the truth. Well, guess what? There remained no more sacrifice for sins. Amen. And guess what? It goes on to say that our only, okay, our matter of fact, no, I, I, I want to read it to y'all. Hold on a minute. Now, hold on. Come on, phone. Work with me here. Hold on. We, we have to read that whole thing. Because I'm giving y'all in part, but no, we got to read exactly because this is for the church. Come on, phone. Look, let, let's come down here to Hebrews 10, 26. Look what it says. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of rage and fire. And folks, where are we going to see this rage and fire? In the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Revelation 20. Listen, it says, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of rage and fire that will consume the enemies of God. Amen. And who are the enemies of God? Well, the Bible even tells us that those who are friends with this wicked world, this world, like the Bible tells us, is ran by the God of this present evil age, Satan, little g, God, the prince of the air, he blinds the eyes of those who are perishing. And so when you say no to the gospel, when you don't want Jesus, when you reject what he has done for us at the cross, saving us from the wrath of God to come, taking our penalty. Listen, we deserve every bit of hell and every bit of the lake of fire, but for the love of God, which he demonstrated by sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that through his awesome sacrifice, God's anger towards us was appeased. It was placated. God accepted Jesus' sacrifice. So then now, over here in the 21st century, because we believe the lie of this evil present world that homosexuality is okay, smoking weed is okay, marrying the same sex is okay, aborting babies is okay, rejecting Jesus, denying God, being in sin, being arrogant, being prideful is the way to go. Well, then guess what? You 
like I was, like we all were facing the lake of fire. Listen, we need to wake ourselves up. Listen, the Bible tells us that if we reject the gospel and a person rejects the gospel by rejecting Christ in flames of fire. That's what it says in flames of fire. What is that? Yeah, 2 Thessalonians 1, 8. And this is the close, folks. Listen, 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9 tells us in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, what it says, who shall, in verse 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Amen. So, folks, do y'all still think God is playing? I don't. Uh-uh. No, because he tells us clearly what sin is. All you got to do, for instance, read about here in Galatians 5, 19 to 21. It talks about the works of the flesh. Amen. And listen, Hebrews 9, 22 tells us that how without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Folks. We need to wake up. We need to stop playing around with this world because sometimes I have to I have to ask the question about a Christian person who says they have turned from their sins, they repented, they have come to Christ to have their sins forgiven, but then here they are still in the world. They are just as worldly. They still smoking that weed, still watching porn, still sleeping around, still in these adulterous remarriages. And they honestly believe that they are going to heaven. So I can't see where the world ends and the Christian man begins. Because to me, they looking like one in the same. Folks, listen. Like I started the podcast, yes, God is love, but he ain't playing. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we know from just the little scriptures we saw today, you is not playing. You are an avenging God. You are a God of justice, holiness, and wrath. Yes, we know that you are love. Yes, we know that in your love, you demonstrated it by sending Jesus to die for the sins of the world, to be a ransom for the many. And Father, no longer it is my prayer that we no longer take your grace as a license to sin and may we all have the fear of the lord yes we should fear you absolutely yes you love us and yes you you command us to repent and to live holy lives we love you because you first loved us yeah, it should be a huge indicator that we love you by obeying all of your commands and have a healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. It, yes, you know what, Father? In some people's lives, like it was in my life, I needed to get the big memo that that lake of fire is real you hate sin, you love Jesus, and you are not going to tolerate anyone trampling underfoot the precious blood of Jesus, treating it as if it was something common and unholy. You was right, Lord. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands 
of the living God. Father, I repent of my sins and I pray that all men everywhere will come to repentance and that they repent and turn to you through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then going forward, be led by your spirit, walking in love, walking in in holiness and living a life of righteousness. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. You want to know why? Come on, say it with me. He ain't playing with us. Amen. Look, like the Bible tells us, bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye. Thank you.